Friends, this is Andy Falco, Humanist Company Live from Yorval, Indy, California, for Vote, P-Y-L, Vote. And uh, just in case you're wondering what that little bit of, uh, oh, there it is, that little thing on top of, that's the map <laughs> of the P-Y-L area, which of course includes Yorval, uh, Brea, Placentia, Fullerton and Anaheim, little slivers of the of Fullerton and Anaheim, and then a great deal of Placentia, of course, because Placentia is the first uh, city in that name, Placentia, Yorba Linda. And uh, of course, Yorba Linda uh, and Brea is included there too. So um, again, uh, just for the time being, because I know that I get um, new viewers on occasion as people are beginning to share this out to other residents in that specific demographic, that area. Um, this show is about some of the issues that are important to all of us that live in this area. Now, when I was a resident of Brea, I was mostly concerned what was happening around the uh, PYL area, um, even though I lived in Brea, because my children went to schools, all of them in the uh, PYL area. Um, and that would include the parks they would visit, that would include where they ride their bikes to, and so everything in regard to crime and, um, you know, this, uh, this issue in regard to zoning, um, whether it has to do with police and fire and some of the things that we are concerned about with the, um, the dangers of uh, fire in this area. We've had a couple really bad fires that um, caused evacuations and um, uh, the clogging of evacuation, that kind of stuff were issues that... Um, are going to be important to understand as we go to the voting booth in November 22 and November 2024. And I believe there's one more in there somewhere, March, I think of um, some point in, in between all that. And so those issues are important and we need to understand that, 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 we, that if we live in this area, we have to be aware of everything that's going on, whether it's the rezoning issue that's coming up in measure B to you know, how many police we have in Yorba Linda, in Placentia, and um, you know what's happening in regard to fire abatement and all these kinds of things. So, um, uh, what I want to do is kind of bring some of these issues uh, to you, and you can make a educated decision, not just based on what I tell you, but in the description you will see the links that I'm using. So, um, of course, I have my uh, my political. A political party that I prefer. I have the candidates that I prefer. Um, and I will, of course, be telling you about those and why I prefer them. But it's still going to be up to you to do your own research and find out what's important for your family. Hopefully, we're in alignment. If we're not, that's fine, too. Uh, what uh, some people that are extremists on, uh, on either end um, are just so close-minded that they can't make a decision based on common sense. They make a decision based on their closed-mindedness and will make a choice. I just heard somebody on the news that that let's just say that, um, um, you know, I'm trying to think of something and try not to be too um, one-sided in this either. So let's just say that um, 
that that uh, the President Trump was in fact a Russian spy. That even um, no matter what, that he, that if say that all that was true and that he was um, um, proven to even speak Russian and uh, have been trained on Russian soil to be this fantastic spy that, that we had video of him in, 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 in Moscow. We had video of him, you know, running uh, the obstacle course and all this kind of stuff. And let's say that was true, that you can be so extreme on that one side that you would ignore all that and, and vote for him anyway. Well, thank God that none of it is true. All that was fake. But do you see what I'm saying? That if that even with that information, given it being true, that if you're so extreme that you don't care that he was in fact a Russian spy and we had all this video, which of course he's not, but let's just say that we had all that, that you would still vote for him. And it's the same on the other side, that, uh, that even though they knew, this is the guy talking, even though they knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was, was real and it does show in fact that these millions of dollars are being funneled and, and portions of it are give, being given to uh, the guy that's in the White House now, that they said, I, we, they don't care. <laughs> they voted anyway, in spite of now. So you can see what I'm, where I'm going. That, that's, now we want to some be in the, in the common sense or in the middle and say, okay, what's good for our kids? What's good for our community? Can my kids ride their bike to Starbucks from my house here in East Lake Village to you know, the Starbucks up there on Yerba Linda Boulevard and Village Center. Can they do that? I believe they can. And I let them do that all the time. Um, but there are people that live in communities that surround us in LA and other parts of Orange County that they, they, they can't let their kids because it's too dangerous. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if there's going to be a drive-by shooting or what have you. We don't want anybody LAing our Orange County, our little portion of Orange County here in the PYL area. And so we need to continue to think in common sense ways to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's just so critical that I want to do my very best. And I know I'm going to fail on some level because I do have such strong feelings about stuff. But we cannot allow people to say that just because parents care about the education of their kids and don't want our children to be indoctrinated with some nonsense, that now we somehow are um, extremists just because we care about our kids that now we happen to be um, uh, terrorists, as the, the U.S. government has called parents, that uh, that's the thing that's being investigated, not all the other stuff that's going on in this world, because people have become so crazy that now suddenly parents who care about their kids in school are now not to be listened to because they've gone nuts. That, that uh, obviously is wrong. Uh, and I hope that all um, made clear sense, as, as, as clear as mud. Uh, and so that's why on my logo here, it has the map of the PYL area. And if you get a closer look as it gets bigger, you will see that it's, there's all those divisions of the regions and that kind of stuff. So you can look at that and, and, and know exactly where it is that you're at. There is a map that you can find on the, the PY, the, the, um, the Placentia uh, Yorbalinda Unified School District website that has the map that I used for this logo. And you can find out where, fault, where you fall. That's important when it comes to who you're going to vote for in regard to the school boards coming up. We have two candidates. Uh, I'm going to share with you information on one of the candidates right now that really important information and um, super important. Now, it's, some of you may be turned off because of some of the endorsements that they have, but I, I'm telling you, uh, I've been to the, um, the events 
where it was voted on by the members of some of these organizations. And I know some of the people that have endorsed them personally. And I want to tell you that they all care about the health and safety and education of our kids. And so it's super important for them to have, for um, uh, Todd Frazier to have the endorsement of these uh, these folks right here. So let me go ahead and bring this up right now. So this is, um, let me get rid of this lower third here. So this is the list on uh, Todd Frazier's website of the people that are currently endorsing him. Uh, the, Republic, the Republican Party of Orange County, the uh, Republican Assembly of the Placentia Belinda area have, is endorsing him. Uh, Mary Barkey, uh, a trustee of the Orange County Board of Education. Tim Shaw, trustee of Orange County Board of Education. Dr. Ken Williams, the trustee of the Orange County Board of Education. Dr. Lisa Sparks, a trustee of the Orange County Board of Education. Jean Hernandez, Mayor Pro Temp of the City of Yorba Linda. Leander Blades, trustee of Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. And Sean Youngblood, um, trustee of the, Placentia, of the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. Uh, this is Todd Frazier here, and this is his website. The link is in the description. You definitely want to go there. And you see this green button up here that turns red when I hover over it? You want to make sure and click that button and give whatever you can to help this fantastic candidate for Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District trustee um, of the, for the school board that we need you to click that donate button and give to his campaign no matter what, no matter where you live in the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District or the PYL area, as I call it, is that you need to make sure and click that button and it will affect you. Now, you may not be able to vote vote for him in that region because you don't live in that region. That That's a fact. But it is important to, for you to understand that it's important to everybody that lives within the PYL area that they make sure and support not only Todd Frazier, but Rich English, Inglis, uh, who is also running. Um, he uh, has yet to put up his, um, uh, been able to be uh, put up his uh, website. Uh, he's uh, been on vacation and some other stuff. So he's going to get that all taken care of. And we're going to want to make sure that you donate to his. Uh, he's an, an attorney and another uh, really uh, qualified person. And because of him being an attorney, being a very good attorney, uh, is somebody that we need on the on the board uh, because some issues come up that we will need his expertise. The same with Todd Frazier, who is an accountant, and we very much need his expertise when it comes to the, um, you know, how the money is spent in uh, the PYL USD uh, district. All right. So this morning I had the, the, the great opportunity to um, Rich Engel. Did I do it again? Sorry, Sharp. I do that all the time. Rich Engel. I. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, there's certain names. Like, I can't remember what's her name. Freeman, uh, Karen Freeman. I always mess up her name all the time. So thank you, Char. I, I, I just, there's certain names. I don't remember the names of my kids. I have six kids. And those of you that have a lot of kids, I'm sure you do the same thing, where you call um, you know, them by uh, the other children's name. My parents did the same thing. My, children, my mom called me Ed uh, all the time. That was my brother's name. And I'm going, Mom, I'm, my, I'm not Ed. I'm Andy. And so uh, forgive me for doing that. Rich, please forgive me when you're seeing this, that you forgive me for constantly messing up the name. Uh, it, it won't be long before I could say, uh, you know, Rich Frazier or Todd Engel. <laughs> it won't be long before I do that. All right. Um, and so, again, I had the great opportunity of, uh, um, of, of having uh, coffee with the, one of the city uh, council members Hold on, I don't. I want to bring up this website really quick. I meant to have it up earlier, but um, of course, 
I didn't do that, but um, I, here we go. All right, let me share it really quick. Some of these things take just a second for me to make sure and get them put up here, but um, there we go. Okay, so we had uh, breakfast. My wife and I had breakfast with uh, Tara Campbell there on the, the lower left, uh, as you can see. Um, and then to her right, which is uh, Dr. Beth Haney. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get rid of this. I keep putting that up. Um, Beth Haney, uh, I will be interviewing Beth on this very show next Monday at noon. So it'll be a lunch and learn. We're gonna be talking about Beth and uh, she's gonna be uh, talking a lot about this rezoning issue that's coming up. But today uh, we had breakfast with Tara Campbell and it was a, a, a great opportunity. So here at the um, East Lake Village area, there is a like a clubhouse where um, she met residents of this area and we were able to sit down and ask her questions. And of course, the, the majority of the things that we talked about was this rezoning stuff. And I, there's no way that I'm going to be able to give you all the information that's on there, but I am going to uh, I am going to direct you to the website that I have uh, put in the um, description, and that is the uh, website that's called ylhousingelementupdate.com. Ylhousingelementupdate.com. You're going to go there. Just go ahead and go in the description and click on the link when we're done with the show. And you're going to find out all the information, the frequently asked questions about um, uh, what, what it means uh, to Yorba Linda and other cities in California, uh, what it means to have their areas rezoned for high capacity uh, uh, residents, because uh, the Sacramento is forcing cities to rezone for larger capacity apartments, um, uh, condos, the affordable housing for uh, people to uh, be able to um, move to areas where they may, may not normally um, move. And so um, I think Tara did a great job of talking about it. Um, I, I do gotta tell you, and I mentioned this on the very first show, if you weren't able to watch it, it there, are, there are people that are in our community that again, that rightfully so, sometimes we get so, um, um, I want to say excited, but it sounds like they get happy. It's not excited. They, they get so frustrated with sometimes finding out things so late. So this has been going on for a very long time, maybe four or five years or something like that. I can't remember exactly um, how many, how long it's been going on. I think if I go to the website here, it'll probably say um, when it first started. I thought I saw a date on here somewhere, but um, there, I mean, all the information's on here. I just don't want to sit here while I'm on here and try to click and find the exact date. But it was a few years ago that all of this began. And there's some people that are saying, hey, how come we didn't know about this? How, how is it possible that this was all happening and nobody notified us? But there is some level of, uh, of responsibility for community to go to city council. This is what I found out about the school board is that our non-attendance our, our, our lack of interest of what was happening at school boards led us to the problem where we're at now that it's just like, wow, we have some really incompetent people on our school board. We have, we just spent $630,000 on something called iReady that does really little to educate our kids. Yet we spent $630,000 and we do that annually for an online program that the teachers put the kids on in the school while they're in school. So they, they, they put them in online training programs and then some kids have to stay in during the recess to be on it. We were spending 
$630,000 just voted yes. Three of the members voted yes to put that through for another year after, after parents said no. The reason we have these problems is because we didn't show up and pay attention to what was going on in our schools by showing up at the school board meetings. Same thing with city council meetings. We don't have this. We think that the people there um, are representing us. And sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Sometimes there's things going on that we really should know about and they're happening and we really don't care about them until they really begin to affect us or somebody finally tells us, hey, did you know that they're going to move in some thousands of people into an area that right now is overcrowded as it is? And, and that is without a high capacity apartment complex of some sort, uh, low income housing. And you're going, wait, when did this happen? When did they start talking about this? Oh, they started talking about three years ago. And, and they're now, now they're upset. Now they're angry. Now they're protesting. And a little bit of it is our own fault. I have taken full responsibility for my inactivity in school board meetings and have said often, this is because I didn't show up. Why is all this happening? Is because I didn't show up. Why do I not know about these horrible things that are going on in our schools? And I thought our schools were one of the better schools in the country. In fact, we're no better than some of the schools. We, we are, our grades are below 50% of, uh, of ability of children to be able to read, do math, uh, write. Um, we're below 50% in the 43 percentile in some areas. And I think even dropped down in the 30 percentile in some areas. In, in, in the world, um, our children are something like 40th um, in all of the schools in all the world. So we really have to take ownership as parents of not being involved. And now we're being called terrorists because suddenly we become involved. City council member, uh, city council meeting, same thing, rezoning. This has been going on for a very long time. So now I'm telling you, you need to click on the link, learn all about it. It, it may be too late in some ways, but it's not too late to vote on measure B, which is coming up. And the vote that you're going to have on November 20, uh, November uh, of uh, 2022 is to vote no on measure B. And there are going to be some consequences, but I think just like what I was uh, saying in um, the school board meetings to the school board and the district is that their argument is, and I think the argument here in, in regard to uh, rezoning is that Sacramento has made these rules and we have to comply or else. And I like to say, or else what? Or what's going to happen? And in this case, they're going to fine the city of your Belinda, $600,000 a month if we don't do what it is they want us to do. But then we have always, like I was saying in school meetings, well, let's fight back and then we'll sue and go to court and we'll do a whole bunch of things that we can push back and see where that, that goes. We have churches during that pandemic who refused to close. Uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is, is one of those. And that's the one I, I, I go to and have gone to ever since <laughs> he refused to close. There's other throughout the, as there others throughout the other, uh, throughout the state. And there are ch churches that closed and I, and they deserve what they get. Um, but the ones that didn't close and they got sued by the state, they got fined. They also, they refused to pay the fines. They just won in court. Um, uh, a number of, I think it's Calvary Chapel in San Jose, if I'm not wrong, hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines that they were um, levied, uh, they refused to pay them, they go to court and the judge found for the church. And and that happened. I, I think, and again, there's so many issues that I don't, don't wanna bring them up, but one of the things I brought up to uh, Tara is that how is it that they can continue with this when in fact, um, oh, hold on, I gotta remove this. When in fact, 
um, the population in the, sca uh, the state of California is actually um, shrinking and, and dropping. Um, let's see, we're gonna go to, here we go. So let me scroll up here. So as I bring this up and get rid of this and bring this back up, is that our people leaving California the key population, the key population and migration stats. This is another link that's in the description. You can find it. it's called rubyhome.com and leaving California. And from, um, from 2020 to 2021, California's population declined by 173,173 people. Um, and it's continuing to decline. From the most recent data available of 2020 to 2021, we know that 249,000 people moved from California. So why this discrepancy? And I'm going to come back here. Why the discrepancy? Why, why does it say that our population has declined when, in fact, more people have left? And that's because you have to account for births. Um, and um, uh, what else was there? <laughs> Sorry, I should know this. I've read this 100 times. Um, births and deaths. Uh, net immigration, people moving in, uh, net domestic migration, people moving out. So you, you take all that um, and then you come up with this graph right here, which is an important one. You can see the decline, California net migration. And that's a pretty huge decline. So why do I bring this up? It, it's because the reason, and you can see it on some of the videos that are in that, um, uh, that Elements website that's on there, that talk about why the rezoning, why the state is forcing it, is because at the time when this was done, it was there was a rise in population, or at least coming off of a rise in population. And the the, the people in Sacramento, uh, believing that it was going to continue to rise, they said, you know, we have a homeless problem, which is their fault anyway. So they create a homeless problem in Sac in San Francisco, Sacramento, um, in Los Angeles, um, through a whole bunch of reasons that I that most of you know, but um, I, again, that would be a whole nother show. And so you have the combined problem of homelessness on the increase, the combined issue at the time, which was um, back here, um, we had uh, in 2014 to 15, um, there were still people coming in. And let's see here, let me look. So all the way up to 2019, 2018, 2019, the population was increasing up to 39,250,000 and above, and now it's declining. So now it's so during the time that they had decided they were going to do this rezoning stuff because they felt it was necessary due to the population rising all the way up to 2019, not anticipating it was going to be dropping. I think that by the time all these uh, measure B, if we vote no, so that we don't comply. Uh, which is a, a simple way of putting how, what measure B means, and you're going to have to read it more about it, that by the time we get to court, I think one of the arguments is, hey, the, the problem and the reason they did this is because of an increase of population. By the time we get to court, we're going to have a substantial decrease in population and people leaving California. And I think the argument is, hey, we, you thought we needed it. Now, in fact, uh, we don't need it because we have fewer people in California by a large number. So even with births, even with um, immigration, we still are at a place where we, over the last year and a half or so, two years, we have lost 179,000, over 179,000 people here in the state of California. So it's important for you to do your research. It's important for you to click on the links and find out uh, what in fact the, um, the, 
YL housing element update, uh, what it all has to say and what it means to vote yes on measure B and what it means to vote no um, is, um, is important for you to, uh, to be able to uh, follow along and make a, an educated decision, uh, but a really important website to go to so that you can see. Again, one of the things is that uh, we'll get fines of $600,000 a month, um, revocation of housing element certification. Um, it, it says here in parentheses, Encinitas nearly had their housing element revoked by the state, nearly. See, I mean, there's a lot of things here that... Um, are, are nearly, nearly and threats and that kind of stuff. And um, I, I had no problem uh, suggesting to the school board and the district to push back against some of these things. And I'm going to come back to the, what some of the things that are important to understand about what the CDC just came out with, because I think if we had to push back, it, it, they would have had, we would have won because right now, based on what the CDC is saying uh, in regard to all the things that we are arguing about at our schools about um, closing the schools, masking, social distancing, and all that kind of stuff. We found out that nothing that they did um, stopped the spread of the the thing. Um, that if I say it, it will probably get me banned. So, you understand what I'm telling you? Vote no on measure B is the way that I'm going and the way that I suggest that we go. And then by the time we get in the court, we have some really strong um, things that we can move to. And I say we like I'm going to be in the courtroom. I, I think as a city, and if we have the right people in the city council and the right council for our city council, that we have a strong uh, position as to why. We have fire dangers, uh, and you're going to put more people in the, that area of the Savvy Ranch area. That's one of the primary areas that they're thinking about putting people, another 3,000, 7,000, who knows how many people they want to put over there, that in the, the, the last fire that they needed to evacuate people and there was a bottleneck because of the difficulty in getting people in and out of the Savvy Ranch area. Uh, now you're going to add, uh, I mean, we can't add another couple hundred people, much less thousands of people. Um, we have businesses that grow, right? So the population in the area grows overnight because at night people leave the businesses, the restaurants, um, the, uh, the parks, all the things that are in that area to go to their homes in the surrounding area, whether they go to Corona or Anaheim or LA, and then um, the sun comes up and then all these people come back. If there's a fire or some disaster, some reason why people need to be evacuated during the day, when not only you have the residents, you have the schools in session, and you have the hundreds of people that come into that area because they go to work there, you have a disaster. You add a, a high capacity building and low income housing in that area, and we uh, are gonna have a huge, huge problem in that area because of this rezoning area. So uh, uh, again, go to the website, go to the city council meetings, listen, don't get all crazy. Don't start necessarily yelling and screaming at the people. Again, I, I, I understand because I get, I get upset myself at some of the nonsense that's going on there. And, um, and the things I'm hearing about some of these people is really um, strong. Um, and, and so I, I got to tell you this morning, this breakfast with Tara um, was, was uh, breakfast with this coffee with Tara. Was, it was a great opportunity to hear from her what she had to say take a look at her body language when we, she spoke. Um, that's important as a, as a detective with Anaheim Police Department, police officer, watching people's body language when they speak is important to me. My wife's former, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, contractor with the FBI, her and I both had a little discussion, like, what you think? And, um, you know, I, I thought that uh, she did a good job and spoke well and uh, discussed these things pretty strongly. There's a, a number of other things we spoke about that I'll, I'll probably get to on, on some level here. But I hope this all makes sense. If you're watching and you have uh, any comments in regard to what I've talked about so far, which is about uh, Todd Frazier and his endorsements or about uh, Measure B uh, or the rezoning uh, in itself, in and of itself, go ahead and please comment. The comments are what actually pushes out this particular broadcast to other people. So your comments, whether you're watching on Facebook uh, or YouTube or Twitter or Twitch or Rumble, um, please, please comment and please share and please let people know about this broadcast. Um, I am learning along with you. As I begin to do this show, it forces me to, to learn more about what's, what's happening around me in the city. And one of the other ways that I gain knowledge is from your comments and from your messages and that kind of stuff. I really, really find your uh, messages and your comments important. So please put them in there. I may not have the answer, but at least it'll give me some questions that I can ask maybe Beth Haney on uh, Monday when we have our interview at lunch. Um, that would be um, awesome to have some additional questions from you guys. Make sure you put it on your calendar that we'll be doing a lunch and learn on Monday and, um, and beyond. I will do my very best to get it scheduled so that you can see that it's coming and you can hit uh, whatever button it is that you are following. On YouTube, it's a bell. On, on Facebook, it's, you know, make sure I get notified when this goes live. I don't know what it is on Twitter. I don't know what it is on Rumble, but uh, it, it will be on there somewhere. All right. So next on my agenda for today is, so I talked about coffee with Taryn, uh, population growth. Concerned. Oh, one of the questions that I thought was uh, important, and I'm glad the gentleman who was at the school at the school meeting that was at the coffee with Tara um, this morning, he said, "You know what? Um, as a new resident, and I, you know, I, I get so spoiled living here in your Belinda uh, with the peacefulness of this city. Now, knock on, and I should knock on what I should praise the Lord um, that you know we we're very fortunate." where we live. I think even, you know, Brea and, and, and parts of Placentia and, and Fullerton and even Anaheim, where I was a police officer for 21 years, is it, we were fairly lucky for the most part. Uh, what we what we have is as far as, um, you know, less crime than some of the surrounding areas, Santa Ana, for instance, and and areas of, uh, of Riverside and Los Angeles that we we live in this little bit of a bubble here. But yet we do have a, a criminal element that seems to be kind of encroaching in our peace. We've had um, some smash and grabs at some of the local businesses um, that we have really not seen. Now in Anaheim, you know, I, I, when I started in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of crime. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot more fun when you're a cop. Crime is actually fun because you're, you're arresting bad guys. You're chasing them. You're running after them on jumping over fences and you have police dogs and you're chasing them down. I would come into Yorba Linda on occasion, uh, working at Anaheim, I'd occasionally going to Bray and Placentia, of course, uh, quite often uh, to chase bad guys and that kind of thing. And so that was kind of fun. But now that I'm a you know retired and a citizen living there, now I don't want crime. Now, <laughs> now, now go away, crime. Um, it's it's no it's not fun because I, I have little kids. But he brought up a good point and and said, "What's happening?" Because we and I and now now that he says it, I, we have seen a few more uh, uh, homeless people. Um, which I, I, I do have, you know, I've worked with the homeless for so many years as a police officer and had to deal with, you know, the drug abuse and the, and the alcoholism in, in relationship to homeless people. But there are some homeless people that have just had a, 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 a 
twist in their life that has caused them to be homeless. And for sure, some of them need assistance, a leg up, a hand up from churches and that kind of stuff. And, um, and so we, there is a, a, you know, some aspect that, you know, these people need some help. Some people, I obviously need some mental help. And so, but when it affects our, our way of living and the, the level, and because uh, along with homelessness uh, also in, on, on many occasions brings crime. You got to be quite honest. If you look at some of the videos that you see in these homeless camps that we see in, uh, Redondo Beach or um, um, some of the beach areas, and I, it's it's escaping me now. But you know what I'm talking about in LA, uh, even in Beverly Hills, we see a lot of homelessness, and you see the crime that's that, that is associated with it. That we want to be careful that we are not only being kind, but we are also being vigilant and not letting it take a, a stronghold in our area. So with him bringing that up, uh, I brought up something that I. I, I kind of forgot about and was um, was was pleasantly reminded of is that they have done a great job in North Orange County of 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 mitigating the possibility of homelessness camps in um, the North Orange County area and 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 I you have to say that because in South Orange County they've not done done a good job of what I'm sh- going to share with you now just so you have a good idea of why, um, why we should support our city council and what's happening around it, because there is some, there's many things that they do a good job on. And one of these things is, is, is making sure that they follow the law that enables law enforcement to make sure that overnight camping on our sidewalks and in our parks and in our uh, business complex doesn't occur. And there's only way there's only one way that this happens, and that is through making sure that we have uh, places for the homeless to go. So here you can see this article. Now, this is the newest article I can find. It's from March 28, 2019. So it says that this is in progress when, in fact, it's done. And I'm sure that there's probably more being done or had, more has been done since 2019. But North Orange County, and this is North County, which is Anaheim, Buena Park, Placentia, Fullerton area has uh, moved ahead with homeless shelters. And why that's important is because of this section right here, down here, if I can find it. Um, so uh, here in this area, if I, if I can highlight this part, I think this is where I find it. It says a U.S. District Judge uh, David O. Carter, who presides over the lawsuits, has warned cities against prosecuting homeless people for sleeping in public places if the homeless population is greater than available shelter beds a ruling by the ninth circuit court man did we hate the ninth circuit court as law enforcement and probably still do but (laughs) the ninth circuit court of appeals last year mandates jurisdictions can't prosecute homeless people for camping in public spaces if there's not enough shelter beds available to them and so because of that um the the north uh orange county cities which again are Yorba Linda, Fullerton, Placentia, Brea, uh, Anaheim. I may have missed one there. And, and La Palma's in there, I'm sure, and Cyprus and those, is that they made sure that they increased the shelters and have been doing so since this ruling came down. And it makes it possible. One of the reasons they were able to make a dent with the, the Santa Ana Riverbed and some of these other areas is that they had these shelters that they had created. And you can see that, you know, much more, 
much, a, a lot fewer, much fewer. I don't know if that's a good way to say that, but fewer homeless encampments are, are seen in the North County area. Um, what Tara brought up is that, man, we, you know, really happy. She happens to be on the board of directors of one of them. I'm not sure which one it is. She had mentioned it. I think it's the one in Fullerton. I could be wrong, Tara Campbell, if you're watching, or if you see this, could you please uh, let me know through the, through the comments. And uh, very proud of uh, the people that made sure that that happened. And, and so that's important to know. So that when you do see somebody making uh, an encampment and camping overnight, that law enforcement can be called. And uh, again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease um, that you, if nothing's done, because in some cases there could be a whole much, a bunch of other stuff happening, domestic violence calls, robberies happening. Uh, maybe there's a big gigantic crash where all the people, the police are tied up. And maybe sometimes when you call that homeless person doesn't get moved on. But if you call and they continue to sleep in a location, you continue to call, it, it, it does two things. And again, I, I'm trying to be mindful that these people need help but we also want to make sure that we maintain the peace and serenity of our cities by, by helping people find place to go, not just simply criminalizing what it is they're doing. Some of the people surely need help. Some of the people are, have, you know, screw loose and need help. Some people are, you know, just so badly infected by their disease of alcoholism or, or um, drug abuse that they need to go somewhere. So, um, they've made that possible, made that uh, something that could happen. So just call. Um, if homeless people are walking around, that's not against the law. Walking on the sidewalk and they're pushing a grocery cart, maybe the theft of the grocery cart is a crime, but listen, uh, there, there are some things that we are going to simply have to live with as a society, uh, but it's the camping overnight, you know, shooting up in public, which we call, uh, if somebody's under the influence, called it's 11550. Um, uh, and so if somebody's under the influence of a narcotics, that's that's a different crime, but you can call if you, you believe somebody is under the influence, uh, being drunk in public, um, trespassing, um, all of these things are, are laws that are important to understand when you're calling to let law enforcement know what's going on. Somebody simply walking down the street is, is not against the law, but uh, panhandling, all these things are something that you need to make sure and make people aware of. But again, um, our, our, our community, the PYL area in many cases has done a great job of making sure there's enough shelters to allow law enforcement to do the job to enforce these laws of overnight camping. I hope that all uh, was made clear. Uh, do I know what time I, is that? Char, is that, you, it, it'll be noon. Uh, if you're talking about my interview with Beth, that'll be noon on Monday. Um, is the time. Um, and sure, so I'm seeing a lot more homeless in your Belinda, new people I've never seen before. Do we know why? That was one of the questions about we and I, and I can say, you know what? The reason why is because there's so many. <laughs> and uh, in Anaheim, I, again, I dealt with a lot of homeless people. We, we have people, uh, I, there's homeless sleeping in areas you would have no idea there's homeless people along the 91 freeway underneath there's these little tunnels underneath in Anaheim under the 91 freeway. And I, I used to call them the, the, the homeless condos because they literally have furniture. They, they've, they partitioned off some of these tunnels underneath the 91 freeway and they are furnished and they have stoves and they have barbecues and they have gatherings and they, they probably have concerts, you know, um, you know, Saturday night concerts in the homeless, uh, in the homeless encampments. 
there's areas in our cities that are um, it, it virtually invisible to anyone driving down the road or walking around that where homeless people have found places that they can go to in um, and be left alone. And as long as they're not bothering any, anybody and it's not causing any kind of um, fire danger or danger to uh, traffic, that they will uh, be in these places. And and I think some of the reason why we're seeing more in your Linda is overcrowding in these homeless encampments. Uh, again, those people that we got removed from the Santa Ana Riverbed, you remember how bad that used to be where you couldn't even ride a bicycle down there anymore? They had to go somewhere. Um, and, and whether they went in the shelters or not, who knows, but they went somewhere else. And that was the only, that's always the problem in Anaheim that we had to deal with. Where do you take them? And we used to tell them to go to Fullerton and go to, and I'm sorry, that's the way we did it back in the day. Uh, I know that that's frowned upon now and, and, and probably not done, but um, we would have them, you know, suggest that they go to neighboring cities in Anaheim, you know, on Beach Boulevard, we tell them to go down to Stanton um, or to, um, you know, Buena Park or, or Fullerton and we, that, and we would move them on uh, or we would arrest them. We were constantly arresting homeless people for, uh, again, 11550. Uh, 647F, which is a drunk in public, or uh, 602J, which is trespassing um, and um, causing a nuisance or disturbing the peace, or which is 415. So you would you would arrest them for these things and get them off of the streets for a little while. They would come out and then they would go somewhere else. And so you'd solve the problem temporarily. And it was this constant in and out of jail battle. And then if you would bug them enough, they would say, you know what? They don't bother me in Buena Park as much as you guys in Anaheim. They don't, you don't, they don't bother me as much in, in Stanton or Garden Grove. And so they would, they would, they would get out of the Anaheim city jail and go to another city. So Char, I hope I answered your question. It, it, it's, it's just overcrowding uh, of the homeless population. And they, they think that if they come here, maybe they'll, will be, they'll be left alone. And again, if there's just one or two and they kind of just be really quiet and kind of go into these areas and, and kind of go in the corners, nobody will bother them. Uh, but it, it, then that's why, again, that's why I got a call and it sounds bad. And as I, as I say it, but again, I was in, 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 responsible for a lot of this enforcement of homeless people in Anaheim for a while. A friend of mine, Michael Lizzo, he was really, uh, involved in the homeless thing, especially when it had to do with the Santa Ana riverbed and was very much involved from what I understand in, in what happened there. So, um, a lot of history there in the homeless area. All right. I, let's see. Um, I got one more thing here that we want to talk about. Oh, uh, one thing that uh, I think it's important to know in regard to crime in the Yorba Linda area in particular, I'm going to find out more about Placentia and some of these other areas where we, um, you know, I just want to know more about what's happening with law enforcement, that kind of stuff, because you see a distinct difference, right? We, um, we, we're going to, we're going to at some point talk about how you drive on a road in one city and then you immediately know you're in a different city, not because the change of the street signs going from, you know, dark blue to brown or what have you, um, but the way that the roads are maintained, the way the city medians are maintained, you go from green center medians to you know brown and weed filled, uh, and uh, Yorba Linda is not doing well right now. We had a guy today talking about, you know, what's happening? How come we're not watering our plants in Yorba Linda anymore? And it was a really big, long discussion. And then I left there and looked around and go, you know what, that guy's right. Um, the, um, the the green belts in the city of the Yorba Linda aren't as well kept as they were before, uh, but what have you. So we go to these other areas. So um, different city uh, cities, you can see they look different, mostly because of what whatever it is. It's the, the, the number of, um, uh, you know, high high population or low income um, areas that that are in each city. 
to um, you know how many law enforcement officers are out patrolling the area to um, just maintaining those areas that are the city responsibility and how good of a job they do and how focused they are and whether they care. Um, but just in regard to the sheriff's department and their their numbers here in Yorba Linda, um, I asked um, Tara, I said, and I wanted to ask the chief of police uh, about this, but the um, number of patrol officers that are in Yorba Linda is, is five. So and being in law enforcement, you, I, I know that these numbers fluctuate from time to time because of, you know, you got police officers calling sick, you have them on vacation. And so just because it says five, you know, you're going to have sometimes four, um, sometimes uh, maybe on a Friday or Saturday night, if they think it's going to be extra busy or something's going on, you may have a reserve officer that's riding with another officer. So then you have six or, you know, a couple two man vehicles and then you have, you know, you know seven or eight people, uh, you know, patrolling, maybe five cars, but more police officers. Then you have canine units who are typically not assigned an area. So it's sheriff's department may have a cane, you know, one or two canine units on duty. And that canine unit may be in Santa Ana because remember it's Orange County, maybe in an unincorporated area of Santa Ana, or maybe is in, you know, some other, you know, there's areas of Anaheim that are unincorporated. In other words, the sheriff is responsible for them. So he may roam around or she may roam around in the different cities. So five is a pretty typical number, I would say, for an area the size of Yorba Linda. We have, at, at least when I looked it up, was 69,156 people in Yorba Linda uh, in our population. And so five officers. And so that's 13,831 people per police officer. That's pretty typical, pretty normal. In Anaheim, it's so large. Anaheim is a really large city and it's divided up into five different uh, sectors. I'm not sure exactly how it's divided up now, at least when I was there, which was several years ago. It was five sectors. I think they do something slightly different now. But then they would have about five to six officers in each one of the sectors. Um, and, and, and Anaheim is a much higher populated area. I would say it's probably more like 14,000 people per officer in Anaheim. Now, what's really different about Anaheim and Yorba Linda. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because I worked in Anaheim and I can tell you these slight differences. And Yorba Linda is not a tourist town. Yorba Linda, typically that, that population remains the same unless you bring in the, um, the employees that fill the buildings that are within the city of Yorba Linda. So if, if it says 69,000, you know, you could be up to 75,000, maybe 80,000 people when you include people on a, you know, during the day when, it, when the businesses are open. Um, but that's the only thing that makes a difference in Anaheim, you have the convention center, you have Disneyland, you have hotels like crazy in Anaheim. And so that, um, the number of people, I didn't put down the number of people, but the, you can double the number of people in the city of Anaheim, but the department doesn't double. So it, it's, it, it's, they're much worse off because of the number of hotels and, and amusement park and that kind of stuff in these other cities like Buena Park has Knott's Berry Farm and hotels. So Yorba Linda, we're very lucky. Uh, when you see that number, you can think, well, that, you know, 13,831 per officer, that seems like that, that, that's a, a lot of people for one officer. Well, it, we're actually pretty lucky because we don't have the fluctuation of, of tourism and all that other kind of stuff. I think that's good. A lot, one last thing in the Anaheim Hills area where I worked a, a lot, there's not a lot of crime in the Anaheim Hills area. And so those officers aren't constantly running from call to call to call like they are in downtown Anaheim. So the officers assigned in the Anaheim Hills area, uh, as I did, I often would come into Yorba Linda to help out 
because they would say, hey, you know, all of our officers are tied up. Can you send an Anaheim officer up into our city? We need help looking for a bad guy. We need help coverage because we have a huge crash. All five officers in your blender are tied up on this crash with traffic control, investigation, all this kind of stuff. Can you send two officers into your Belinda uh, from Anaheim or Fullerton or Placentia to support the calls that are coming in? And th that kind of stuff happens all the time. So I, I, I wanted to just bring that up uh, to to uh, say, you know what, I, th I think we're pretty good here in regard to the number of officers and coverage uh, when it comes to law enforcement here in your Belinda. And then one last thing is that we have the 91 freeway that's pretty close to the Savvy Ranch area. But again, bad guys love uh, the freeway. And so we also see maybe less of the, the smash and grabs. Again, it's unusual that we had one not too long ago, but um, most of that or some of that reason is that we're not that close other than one little part of Anaheim um, to if they're not freeway close. So most, a lot of crimes happen along the five freeway, the 91 freeway, the 57 freeway. Um, and there's another one there that I forgot, uh, 22, 22 freeway. Oh, 55. <laughs> and so you'll, there, there's crimes that are close in the, you know, the banks and the, uh, you know, the uh, liquor stores and 7-Elevens. A, a lot of the crime happens um, to those places because they're freeway close. They, they commit the crime, they jump on the freeway and they're in LA or Riverside right away. And that's um, why you'll see more of those. So um, I just wanted to end on a positive note that I think we're doing good. Uh, the chief of police seems like to be a really nice guy. He and I were uh, together, not together. We were in the same restaurant, uh, a sushi bar here up on Yorba Boulevard and um, Valley Center. And he was in there and he started chatting with the people. He seems to be a really nice guy. I, I put the link to his uh, page on the Yorba police department is the sheriff's department um, and his email address and phone number and all that kind of contact information. If you have any question, um, uh, Tara uh, also pointed out that he's really uh, available and open to discussion and that kind of stuff. So make sure and give that a shot. All right. I hope all this information was helpful. Um, I'm going to continue to do more of this um, and research and, and help. I hope bring some of these issues to the PYL area. Um, I hope you like the new intro. I'm going to be kind of tweaking that a little bit more. I see some things I want to change already on it. Um, but um, again, make sure and comment when uh, you see this uh, broadcast. If you're watching on a replay, please uh, comment, even though it's a replay. I will still see it and share it out. Make sure people see this. Um, and uh, the only way that I uh, can ask questions of, of Beth and anybody else that I may be interviewing on this particular show, or maybe even meeting uh, not on the show, like today when I was uh, there with Tara, um, I could ask a question uh, because I'm gonna do my very best to be active in uh, these these things that are going around this community. Uh, and I will be able to ask your questions. Uh, maybe you uh, work uh, most of the day and that kind of stuff and have difficulty getting to some of the, the city council meetings or the, the chamber, uh, uh, not the chamber, the school board meetings. Um, but so ask your questions and I can add them to the list of things that I will be asking some of these people when I see them. All right, my friends, I hope this has been helpful to you. I'm now going to play my intro as an outro because it's the only thing I have. Uh, but, um, I hope you have a great day and please share, like, um, and, and subscribe and do all the things you need to do so that you can stay tuned to what it is that's happening on vote PYL vote. All right, my friends. Love you. Take care. Bye. <laughs>